Welcome to episode 344 of Troubadours and Rock On Tours with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. On this week's episode, we have a wonderful conversation with regular contributor, Professor Frank Little Bear Deerfoot, Professor of Native American Studies, musician and dancer, philosopher too, from the Northern Cree Nation. We talk about Thanksgiving, truths, myths, negative and positive aspects surrounding it, living in two worlds, about calendars and seasons, the beauty of the oral tradition, pushing on through stars and the sky, a lullaby really, a beautiful conversation with Professor Frank Little Bear Deerfoot. We have an EW essay titled History, an article by Native Hope titled What Does Thanksgiving Mean to Native Americans, and a poem called Human. And of course, as is always the case, all of this will be imbued with the wonderful energy of several great tunes. It is so nice to have you with us. Let's get to it. Episode 344 of Troubadours and Rock On Tours. Something to do The blinds are being put 
History. I see the scripts and lines of history directing a sense of power and legitimacy for some folk and less legitimacy for others. The emptiness in their eyes rivals the emptiness in their heads. Their hearts, I can only presume, feel entitled to acceptance and a sound position as fed by the self-absorbed energy of a familial and societal-influenced soul. It was a strange scenario that reminded me of several lines from Bob Dylan's song, Like a Rolling Stone. I sat at the big varnished brown wood table as a person of color was questioned by a predominantly European old world set of descendants about his behavior and his future. How much of what happens next depends on his behavior and willingness to cooperate. These folks did not seem to me to be innately bad people. They did not seem to me to be the brightest or most insightful either. Bourgeois is a word that comes to mind. Though this, for whatever reasons, is what those in the community allowed to be the group who represented and judged for them. It stirred in me a common maddening theme. What sort of direction do we have as a people? Who governs it? Why is it them that defines the past and future? These questions turn over, turn up and down and sideways. Inside and out they meander. As I try to be one of integrity and goodness, it is very difficult sometimes to be settled and to feel happy. I think perhaps it is me. One, two, one, two, three. Last night, turned on the TV, looked out the window, and then pulled down the shade. And I came to the conclusion, my man could not be made. And she said, what were you thinking? I'm just a wondering, is it something that I did? I said, it's nothing, just something I picked up as a kid. Spaces. I see a big hole in you. I feel an outline of traces, an imaginary path back to you. This ain't no ordinary blue. Last night, for a split sec, I was a train wreck, I was a complicated guy. I hope we don't find it's the last time we ever say goodbye. The orange moon is arising on the horizon of the outskirts of my mind. I sat and listened as it glistened, I said, Leave the past behind. Big hole in you. I 
find the traces An imaginary path back to you This ain't no ordinary Last night, turned on the TV, looked out the window, and then pulled down the shade. Hello? Frank Little Bear Deerfoot, is that you? That is. How are you, sir? Good. Thank you so much for being on Troubadours and Rock on Tours yet again, a regular contributor. And uh, Yeah, I look forward to this. Yeah, me too, me too. Um, let me just share a little bit uh, with the listeners. You are a, a professor of Native American studies, a musician, Correct. a dancer. Uh, I would say you're a philosopher for certain. You and I have had many philosophical conversations over the years. Now, yes, we have. What what nation uh, are you a descendant of? We are from the Cree, which is uh, my family lineage, and they uh, reside in Saskatchewan, Canada territory, actually out of the Battleford uh, Sweetgrass Agency. So, and uh, we've been living. Well, we're the actually the fifth generation um, to be born out of our territory, but we've gone back uh, since I can remember as a as a child on up um, to stay in close relations and and be enrolled in things like that for uh, within our people. So, um, and uh, you know, my kids have been helping to make that that pilgrimage as well, um, uh, especially in these recent years. So we're we've been, you know keeping those strong ties and those uh, strong connections, even with our crazy schedules. And so. and, and now you uh, reside in, in York, Pennsylvania, with your family. Yes. Yeah, we live down uh, in, 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 in York, PA, and it, it's a great area. Uh, the, the people down there are just outstanding with us. And, uh, you know, well, we just love Pennsylvania in general. It's just a, there are a lot of good people out here. Well, I believe your wife took you down there because that's where she's from. You were more from the northeast of, uh, for a while with your family in northeast of Pennsylvania, right? The Wall and area, is that right? <coughs> yeah, we actually lived, uh, my folks moved uh, to that area in Lake Wall and Pack and lived there for a long time. And, uh, well, you know me, I was always traveling back and forth and doing things. And then uh, quite a while ago, I uh, met Marie and then... Uh, she has sort of had that steady nine to five and I was like, well, I guess I can move. So yeah. So I moved down here and, and is, uh, Marie... I guess that's the nice thing about being an artist. So, yeah. If you can find uh, a partner that uh, yeah. can, can moor, you know, the family with some, uh, you know, stable income and, and maybe some health insurance, yep. it's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now it's yeah, those is, shared responsibilities yeah well you you know i get the impression that you're a very involved parent of uh, chauffeuring the kids around being involved in all their activities so that's 
I'm sure, a huge help. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, is Maria yeah. also, is she um, affiliated with uh, the history of, of uh, indigenous people on, on, uh, in, on this continent? Yeah, she is, actually. Uh, her family uh, on, her, on her father's side, actually, are uh, Lakota Sioux and Cree as well. So we, uh, we, we really kind of enjoy, you know, sharing that. It's actually one of the things that really brought us together. And then also being able to raise the kids, um, you know, in, in a very uh, culturally uh, inspired home uh, as well. So, you know, knowing, you know, a lot of the, the traditions, customs and culture and, and sharing those philosophies. And then as I think we've spoken about before, um, you know, that sort of transition within what we call the two worlds theories, which is basically... Uh, for those that haven't heard that before, it's, you know, our traditional customs and culture and how we keep that identity true to ourselves and also being outside of our own uh, tribal territories and things, having to integrate uh, and make, you know, just certain adjustments within um, within other relationships that we have, whether it be friends, schools, uh, you know, spiritual and things like that in, you know, a, a non-tribal community that's around us. Well, you know, that's a perfect segue into the area that we, that we wanted to delve into uh, this uh, go-around. Uh, Thanksgiving, you know, I mean, some would say it was devised by the European uh, Americans, um, and others would also uh, say that the indigenous people informed the the celebration with uh, some of the philosophies and the foods that were already uh, very much embraced uh, and used here uh, on on the continent where what, what's your perspective on that on Thanksgiving is it an, a European holiday is it is it a, a synthesis of of the peoples of the First Nations uh, and and European uh, cultures or is it misappropriated misunderstood? Well, you know, so I get asked this a lot, especially around now. It's Native American Heritage Month. And as you know, uh, I do a lot of tours uh, this month, especially in different schools. <coughs> Excuse me. And, you know, that's also, also one of the things that's constantly coming up. You know, what are some of the truths and misconceptions about Thanksgiving? Was it the glorified happy-go-lucky, you know, Pilgrims came over here, settled in Massachusetts. They fell on hard times. The tribes came together. <clears throat> they had a, a big full feast, and everybody got along, and, and, you know, that was it. And that was the first Thanksgiving was just between the pilgrims <clears throat> and the Indians. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it is one of those, those – <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> this is what happens when you sing and dance and stuff all the time. All right. So it is one of the things where it is a it is it is, you know, one of those misconceptions, because for Thanksgiving and even the word, you know, coming out of the New England area, area and territory when the pilgrims came over and they settled and, you know, it, it started to get documented, I guess, around 1621, 1622. Um, the facts were about it is that Thanksgiving uh, has been occurring for thousands of years by a multitude of culture. 
this is the fall harvest, and this is the time when a lot of cultures, not just indigenous people, but I guess to to specifically speak to this, you know, in the East, uh, we start gathering everything up and getting everything prepared for, you know, our winter because that's when everything sort of goes into that transition of, you know, it 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 falls to the ground and becomes dead, and then in the spring and summer it becomes renewed through the winter. <clears throat> So this transition for us that we've been doing, you know, has always been a celebration of every feast of gathering people together, bringing together and, ex- and sharing the reflection of the past year, everything we've done, accomplished, things of that nature, and what we have to look forward to and how we can prepare for that winter to get us through that next season. So the feasts have been, like I said, going on for thousands of years. When the pilgrims came over uh, from the New World, and they wanted to sort of celebrate this day. And I think they, they talked about it being celebrated for three days in the feast. And um, what was kind of interesting about th- that sort of myth is that, you know, they took, uh, for the Wampanoags, they took a, uh, you know, almost like it's our job, it's our duty to try to care for these people that are so unprepared for what is about to be stowed upon them. So, and they saw how the, how the people were trying to come together and, and feel them out, figure them out, figure out who these people are, why they're here, what are they doing, um, are they prepared, they're foreigners, they don't speak our language, they don't understand our customs, they don't know the, the, the land. So, you know, they provided them with food, they provided them with provisions, they provided them with, uh, you know, some basic stuff uh, to basically get through you know, what that winter was going to be like. And that was the, the, the actual concept of, you know, to give thanks because, you know, they were really lost at, at that time when they came here. They didn't know the agriculture. They didn't know any type of farming or really how to hunt um, because some of the creatures from here are much different than over in England uh, to their knowledge. So they were just, you know, they were really lost with, uh, with what was going on. And, and now the, the Wampanoag, uh, what... Was that a nation in and of itself, or were they part of a nation? <clears throat> so, the Wampanoag is uh, part of the the Massachusetts, the uh, the Northeast tribes that are up in those areas, um, mainly from Massachusetts. I believe from um, Gayhead, uh, Massachusetts area uh, in that territory. And one of the things uh, about their nation specifically, they were uh, an independent tribe, uh, Algonquin style speaking uh, nation um, of the of the Eastern Woodlands Band people, and uh, you know, like I said, they were they they weren't um, they were a very strong nation, a very strong independent nation. Uh, they you know they really had a a, a very well balance of you know, hunting, fishing, taking care of family, things like that, longhouse-style people. So, um, but yeah, they were they were one of those nations right up in, in those areas. And I know up in that area still, uh, what today, for the last, I guess, about 50 years, uh, there's a group called the United American Indians of New England, and they they look at um, November 22nd as, the, as a day of mourning. Right. Well, and that's... And I think that's also some of the aspect of of our diversity within our cultures. 
So there's about 730 different nations. We each take a different aspect on the style of what Thanksgiving is represented to us. Uh, some feel that, yes, it is a time of mourning because, you know, there was so much loss during that period between the 15 through the 1500s and all the way up to even, you know, the 1900s and even early 2000s where, you know, uh, so many tribes have, have been losing things and, and have been, you know, wondering, well, what do we give thanks? We A lot of us lost land. A lot of us lost family, lost people. Uh, things have been taken away from us. We've been, you know, uh, micromanaged down into these small categories and labeled and thrown on reservations and, you know, told that you're now going to have a, a, a Bureau of Indian Affair master and, um, in a sense, and that's going to be your new relationship and, and that this land is ours. It's no longer yours. And, you know, so many horrific stories. <clears throat> but, you know, it's also a time to look at the fact of what is our prehistory, our pre-Columbus and colonialized history and colonized history. You know, also we need to we need to start as a people, I think, starting looking at it from that perspective, too, because that's what our ancestors would want. You know, we've survived through those myths, through those misconceptions. And now in 2019, well going into, you know, 2020 and beyond, where our people have more of a say and a voice than ever. Um, you know, there's a lot of pushback with different viewpoints on certain things, uh, like the, you know, uh, walk for water and, you know, things of that nature. But there's still such a, a strong aspect with, that, you know, we need to realize, well, our ancestors, especially in this time, you know, it was a time of reflection. It was a time of, of celebration of what we've had, what we've accomplished, and where we're going. This time so, of year, I mean, that based on the rhythm of absolutely. of harvest and, and, and then winter and, and things of that nature, that uh, spurs uh, the, the, the point of, of reflecting. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you didn't have the calendar. You didn't have November. Our calendar, I should say, the European uh, calendar, the one that we go by today. Yeah, we never had to, you know, fall back or spring ahead. Um, We just kind of went with the times, went with the seasons. Uh, We had an aspect of of our seasonal calendar that was in accordance to ceremony that we learned naturally over time with, you know, being in conjunction with the change of the seasons, when certain things came into bloom, when birds migrated into territories, when plants came into play, uh, when we could do certain things. And we really built our culture primarily around our environment. Uh, We built our heritage, language, how we ate, where we lived, how we lived. All these things were given to us by Mother Earth, and we gave back as much as we could receive because that was the, the sacred balance you know, not taking more than what we needed. And especially in this time, understanding, well, what does the season really mean in self-reflection, self-reflection of, of, of our, our true identity and what our ancestors have given to us, what it means to our families, you know, coming together, being in close quarters, you know, the, you can't be outside all the time. So you have those, those better, more intimate uh, times with your family where, you know, you're nestled around the fire and you're sharing stories and, you know, you're learning things and, you know, you're sharing things and memories that happen and making plans for what's going to happen when the ground thaws and 
where you're going to go next and also all the fun games that you can do in those winter months. Um, that And those are the things, like I said, those are, the, I think, what, it, you know, for some we need to start kind of learning about and sort of reevaluating. Yeah, it is a time of mourning because we did lose stuff. But also look at what we gained. What'd you gain? Well, we gained that with those perspectives of, you know, self-worth, uh, stronger spirit, uh, self-reliance, things of standing up, knowing that our family is surviving. There's more of our people that are activists and becoming more conduits of voice uh, within communities. Uh, we're crashing into media in so many new ways. Uh, nations, tribal nations are moving into avenues of independence and breaking away from the subsidies that have been handed to us. And, you know, there's all these things that are really, it's, a, it's an awakening period. You know, it's just like, you know, you watch the beautiful leaves, change color and fall off the leaves, and then you can't wait, you know, after that hard work to see what's going to happen in the springtime. So everything's always moving forward. Everything's always progressing and everything's always growing. And, you know, as we all sit down with our families and we share that, we share those prospects of, you know, let's continue to move forward. Let's continue to grow. Um, you know, it, where my people are from, you know, uh, it, it's one of the dances that I do is a sneak up. I love the sneak up. It's, you know, traditionally based off of the, uh, the war dance, uh, which is where it's got its origins. And it, it's also considered to be a victory dance of standing up and always moving forward. Um, and when I was first learning those stories about where that dance came from, that was one of the things that always stuck with me is no matter how many things come to you, how many things try to push you down, how many things try to keep you down, you always have that reliance to listen to your ancestors, to pick you back up and to keep moving forward and to always hold your head up high no matter what. So that's, that, those are the things that I think, you know, we try to, we try to gain in that self-reflection. So, so I guess you're saying through the adversity over the hundreds of years of um, mistreatment, to put it lightly, uh, and and uh, you know social uh, social strife uh, and adapt adaptation, you've grown, you've grown in in uh, insight and and in ways of. Um, rebuilding, re, uh, reevaluating. Um, I guess uh, I don't know if assimilation would be looked at as also a sort of strength. Uh, I, you know, it's hard for me to to get because I, you know, I'm European American descendant, uh, and and mm -hmm. uh, you know, I I have my own story, of course, and my family has had its struggles, but uh, sure. not not to the extent as I, I'm aware of, at least. That uh, generally speaking, peoples of the First Nations, the people that were here before, you know, pre-contact, as it's often put, uh, before Europeans came, not the same sort of struggle, uh, you know, and on that scale. I mean, it was most people would say, I don't know if you agree or not. It was, you know, it was genocide, really. I I just don't know how to how to understand how you know the way an individual who has that as part of who they are. Uh, deals with it. Now then, like you have children, how do you talk to your children about it? You know, you, you don't want them to get depressed or overwhelmed, but you also want them to know. Right. Well, so I guess a, a good a good way to do that is also consider the fact in in this world, in true history, 
by talking to people, families and people of culture and, and, and religions and things like that and understand the comparisons that we've gone through. Uh, the indigenous people here went through a horrific Holocaust and for over 500 years, um, what we call the American Holocaust, where thousands upon thousands, millions, in fact, of indigenous tribes were persecuted, chased down, slaughtered, extinct, uh, became extinct from whatever the, the hierarchy power at that time was trying to do, whether it be the, you know, uh, the Union soldiers that came through or the colonists that came through uh, with their disease blankets and, you know, all these different things that were just kind of going on. And you really have to put in this perspective for children of, yeah, we, we have lost a lot, and you hear that. But I think that's also one of the beautiful things about our oral tradition, because the stories do help to put those things in perspective. And by that is we, you know, break things down to their level of understanding, you know, because with every tragedy, there's got to be some glimmer of hope, some glimmer of light that has come out of that. And, you know, an elder once told me that if you remember one word or uh, one tradition, a song, a piece of artwork, anything that you can remember of a tribe, then that tribe has not fully become extinct. You now carry on their message and their legacy, and that's what helps keep it alive. It's sort of like looking at the stars in the sky. So there's millions upon millions of stars that we look up to, and if you compare that to the, to the tribal nations... You know, some of them kind of fade out. Maybe some of them become brighter. But we are, too, each individual stars. And if we can remember that, we can carry on that story and that legacy. We can pass it on. Remember, you know, a time of this. And that's what actually helps to live on. That's what the council fire means to us. That's what the, that fire that burns with inside each and every one of us is all about. It's allowing it to grow and flourish and to keep feeding and nurturing that so that it does burn brighter and that our legacy does get to live on. And we don't do that in a self-righteous way. So not in a, in an aspect of, Oh, you know, I'm going to pound my chest, look at me, you know, biggest, brightest thing in the world. It's, we do this aspect hardly ever for ourselves, but always for someone or something else. And we pass that message on to the children that, that there's, there's something, a greater purpose where the solutions to the problems you know, where the two-legged human beings that are here, that are faltered and have all these different things that are kind of going on. And yet we, you know, we need to find our way. Um, I know in, in our people, we look at it like the human beings were put here last. Everything before, everything was laid out here before us. Uh, and this is just one of many stories. But in our viewpoint, the two-legged human being was put here last as the, as the children, as the imperfect children, that we learn from all the things around us. And we need to, to understand those things around us. We need to learn that water, air, soil, the two-legged, the four-legged, the fin, the winged, all these things are greater than us, and we need to learn those lessons to learn and balance. And also from our other two-legged brothers and sisters that are here as well, to know that we are one nation, but right up the road or right next door, there is another nation. And right down the road from them or next door to them is another nation. 
And they're each unique. They're each different. They each learn in this great place, this great Turtle Island. They each learn how to flourish and become one with their land. And that takes hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of years. And we still are imperfect to it, but we try to do our best. But the best way to do that is understanding not only our environment, but again, balancing it within ourselves and reflecting within ourselves. What do these seasons mean? What does this time frame mean? Bringing people together and sharing those stories and passing them on. So to pass those things on to the children really kind of gives them an idea of self-identity and self-realization and understand where their place is, whether it be an infant, an adolescent, an adult, or an elder, um, how they can contribute, um, what their legacy is going to going to be sung, you know, around a drum or at a fire or something like that. You know, what what are they going to help do to to always live on and pass something on? Um, and that's really, you know, that's sort of where we've always tried to be at traditionally. Um, and even, you know, in a contemporary world, like I said before, that two world theory, that's sort of the contemporary lifestyles that we kind of live. It's, you know, we have our culture and we want to make sure that our kids never lose that identity and we don't lose that identity within ourselves. So we do this by living it, living it every day. Well said. Well said. So, Professor Frank Little Bear Deerfoot, uh, we only have a couple minutes left. Let me ask you, uh, in this November, yes. this, uh, as it's called, Native American Heritage Month, um, the mm-hmm. month of Thanksgiving, what, what are you thankful for for this, la- this past uh, year? And uh, what are you looking forward to through, through the winter? Well, so, you know me, I'm kind of an oddball. Um, <laughs> yep, and that's why I love you. I, I know, I'm, I'm a little strange uh, when it comes to most things. So, and well, you know, and this is why I think, you know, you know, we are the brothers that are bound together in this world because we, we have, you know, that, that, that same connection and, and looking at things in obscurity. So I've had a lot of just crazy ups and downs, uh, family loss, as you know, as we spoke in a previous show with my father who passed. Um, and you know, the, the accomplishments and even some of the setbacks within our own family of just different things going on personally and, uh, you know, running around and, you know, honestly, I'm thankful for those things because that's what keeps us humble and keeps us hungry to keep going. So, you know, like I said, I I know it's kind of a, an odd thing to say, but I'm thankful mostly for being humbled by some of the struggles that we have to go through because, you know, it makes us work twice as hard. Um, I'm gr- extremely thankful for my family. Uh, my, you know, my, my, my kids have just been outstanding and all their, the things that they're just trying to accomplish and really have stepped so much outside of their own character in personal growth this past year. Um, you know, and, and, and real true, uh, family like yourself, who, like I said, I, I, you're my brother and your family is just amazing. Um, you know, I really value and I'm so grateful for people like yourself who, you know, it's a small circle, but it's a, it's such a strong circle and so full of medicine because of, of that. And, uh, yeah, so those are the things that, like I said, um, you know, 
uh, I'm most grateful for, I'm most thankful for. So, you know, as we sit down and, and we have our self-reflection, um, you know, we'll make up our spirit plates and we're going to sit there and, you know, share the times and, and uh, pass on some memories and make memories and, and plan for the future and, you know, always face everything good and bad together and just, you know, keep pushing. Oh, well said. Yeah, and brother, I, you, you really honored me and, and, and touched me with those kind words. Uh, you mean very much, and your family mean very much to me as well, and hopefully we get to uh, spend some time together soon. Thank you so much for, for sharing your, yeah, thank your, your you. insights. No, it was, it's a pleasure. I'll be reflecting for the next yep. few hours, at least. <laughs> Have a good Thanksgiving. Yes, absolutely. Let's cross you paths too. soon. Thank you. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Thank you. See you, brother. See you.
an article published at nativehope.org titled, What Does Thanksgiving Mean to Native Americans? There are always two sides of a story. Unfortunately, when it comes to the history of Thanksgiving, generations of Americans have been taught a one-sided history in homes and schools. The dominant cultural and historical story has been told from the perspective of the white colonists who landed near Plymouth Rock in Massachusetts in 1620. In this version of the Thanksgiving story, the holiday commemorates the peaceful, friendly meeting of English settlers and the Wampanoag tribe for three days of feasting and thanksgiving in 1621. Every year, news outlets and social media are abuzz with Thanksgiving themes. There is little coverage of the fact that November is Native American Heritage Month, or that November 23rd, known to most as Black Friday, is Native American Heritage Day. Thanksgiving story paints a picture of courageous Christian settlers braving the perils of the New World and with the help of some friendly natives finding a way to make a new life for themselves. In the days around Thanksgiving, many teachers focus in on this happy story, helping students make American Indian headdresses out of construction paper and holding Thanksgiving reenactments in their classrooms. Very few teachers realize that construction hairdresses and school reenactments create a lump stereotype that Native Americans all wear the same regalia. These school activities also encourage young students to think it is okay to wear culture as a costume. This makes it hard for students to recognize the diversity of Native American tribes and makes students believe it's okay to mimic Native American traditional wear without having an understanding of its spiritual significance. Very few teachers get a chance to tell students about the massacres of Native tribes like the Pequot that took place in the years that followed. They also do not mention that English settlers robbed Wampanoag graves and stole food from them in order to survive during their first years on this new continent. Here's a look at some of the reasons why Thanksgiving is a complex holiday and one that all Americans should approach with greater sensitivity. Thanksgiving is a day of mourning for some Native tribes. It's important to know that for many Native Americans, Thanksgiving is a day of mourning and protest since it commemorates the arrival of settlers in North America and the centuries of oppression and genocide that followed. For the last 48 years, the United American Indians of New England have organized a rally on a day of mourning on November 22nd. Here's what they have to say about this choice to mourn on Thanksgiving. Quote, Thanksgiving Day is a reminder of the genocide of millions of Native people, the theft of Native lands, and the relentless assault on Native culture. Participants in National Day of Mourning honor Native ancestors and the struggles of Native peoples to survive today. It is a day of remembrance and spiritual connection, as well as a protest of the racism and oppression which Native Americans continue to experience." Some Native Americans mourn publicly and openly, while some simply refrain from participating in this national holiday. Thanksgiving is already a way of life for Native Americans. While some Native Americans have chosen to reject the Thanksgiving holiday entirely, many embrace the positive messages of the holiday and choose to put aside thoughts about the complex history of this day. This is because the idea of giving thanks is central to Native heritage and culture 
And in this way, Thanksgiving is simply a chance to appreciate the good things of life like family, community, and the riches of the land. Long before settlers arrived, Native tribes were celebrating the autumn harvest and the gift of Mother Earth's abundance. Native American spirituality, both traditionally and today, emphasizes gratitude for creation, care for the environment, and recognition of the human need for communion with nature and others. Thanksgiving as a holiday originates from the Native American philosophy of giving without expecting anything in return. In the first celebration of this holiday, the Wampanoag tribe not only provided the food for the feast, but also the teachings of agriculture and hunting. Corn, beans, wild rice, and turkey are some specific examples of foods introduced by Native Americans. Now, regardless of the origin of the day, many Native Americans will gather with friends and family and use the day to eat good food and give thanks. We hope that this Thanksgiving, the hearts of all people, Native and non-Native, are filled with hope, healing, and a desire to dismantle the barriers, physical, economic, educational, psychological, and spiritual, that divide us and oppresses us. This time of year and these two holidays, Thanksgiving and Native American Heritage Day, give us the opportunity to reflect on our collective history and to celebrate the beauty, strength, and resilience of the Native tribes of North America. We remember the generosity of the Wampanoag tribe to the helpless settlers, we remember the hundreds of thousands of Native Americans who lost their lives at the hands of colonists and the genocides of whole tribes. We remember the vibrant and powerful Native descendants, families, and communities that persist to this day throughout the culture and the country. And last but not least, we remember all of the friends and family of Native Hope who have embraced our mission of storytelling. We give thanks for you and for your support.
human, tattooed colorful from her wrist to her shoulder, as she holds in that hand with diamond engagement and wedding rings, such a beautiful face, her chin protruding past the palm with fingernails all natural, the breath from her pierced nostril and pink-hued lips warming it all so pleasantly human. I get into here walking on this floor I thought it started as a daydream but I'm not dreaming anymore and it's the expectation making or breaking giving me a heart attack and in a 20 years time will it all be mine or will I wish that I could take it all back Thank you. 
there you have it, episode 344 of Troubadours and Tours with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. I'd like to thank those folks who made this episode possible. First and foremost, one of my brothers, Frank Littlebear Deerfoot. Also, Native Hope and these musical artists. Django Reinhardt, Stefan Grappelli, Wilco, John Prine, The Who, Mashpee Wampanoag, Fields and the Expressions, Mateel, Terence Blanchard, and Brantford Marsalis, too. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, let's give it a go and try to enjoy this time. Take care.